everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Car Rider, Car Rider Line today. I'm Sydney Hunt. And today I'm joined by Ms. Susie Farrell, Director of Library and Media Services, and Michelle Brookover, Librarian at Clear Lake City Elementary. So thank you both for being here. We always like to also have um, a campus rep uh, to kind of talk about the topic. And today is uh, going to revolve around librarians and books because October is National Book Month. And so we'll be spotlighting our libraries and the amazing staff uh, like Ms. Brookover who run them. And we will also touch on some resources available for students and families to utilize both at school and at home. So if you have questions on this topic, if you're watching us live, uh, you can submit them in the comments on Facebook. Um, and this, uh, this episode will also be published as an audio episode if you want to listen to this later uh, through the po podcast apps. So thank you again. Uh, let's get started. Ms. Farrell, I want to start off by describing your role in CCISD and the different people you support. I am sure that everyone always says they have the best job in, in the whole school district, but I really have the greatest opportunity to be able to work with our campuses and our campus librarians. We have um, certified librarians at all of our schools, and that is such an asset for our students. And then I also partner with our curriculum department and our technology just to make sure that we're supporting students to the best of our ability. Awesome. Ms. Brookover, you can you talk through your role as a librarian and how you knew this was the position for you? Of course. Um, school librarians are special people because you have to be a teacher first. So we kind of have a dual role as a teacher and a librarian. Um, so as a teacher, I get to do things like talk about great books and teach mm -hmm. kids about authors and genres. Um, but we also do things like talk about being responsible users of information and research skills. Um, as a librarian, I get to cultivate a collection of amazing resources for my teachers and my students. Um, and that's a lot of fun. It's a challenge. It's an art. It's a science. I love it. Um, I also get to be like a literacy champion, mm -hmm. if you will, on campus um, and support the needs of my teachers and their curriculum. And we host all sorts of special events and clubs, too. Um, I didn't know I wanted to be a librarian in the beginning. I started out as a teacher um, and a mom and a PTA volunteer. And I was volunteering in one of our libraries here in, C in CCISD. And that's when I knew um, I spent enough time in what our school libraries are now. And I realized um, what a difference I could make and what a magic place it is. Um, and so that's basically when I decided that I, I wanted to do this challenge every day. And you support the whole school now yes. instead of just one classroom or a few classrooms Absolutely. of students. Can you um, talk about the certification? Because I think that uh, might surprise people about the, the level of, of school and certifications you need to jump from a teacher to a librarian. Absolutely. Well, so you have to teach for a minimum number of years, and then you have to get a master's degree in library science or in another educational field, and you have to pass a school library certification exam. Awesome. Libraries have definitely evolved, <laughs> as you know, throughout the years, and some people, you know, may not have been in a library since they were in school. Um, and so for those who may not have the opportunity to tour a school library today, what would you say are some of the biggest changes that they would see? So Michelle and I, we were talking about that <laughs> yesterday, and, and we focused it on two of the biggest changes that you'll probably see is that they are centers of exploration and innovation, and then 
just books. We still have books. Still books. We're never going to get rid of books. <laughs> right. I get that question a lot. Like, do you think we'll still have books? I'm like, yes, we we'll always have print books. But <laughs> right. the, the centers of exploration. So what that looks like, it's busy, it's interactive, it's collaborative. You may, may see students involved in building mm-hmm. something or sewing or creating. So there's lots of movement. There's lots of activity. We still have quiet places. I was just about to say, <laughs> you, you used to walk in and you couldn't speak. Yes. And so it's yes. changed a little bit. It's changed. Still, still have those areas yeah. where, you know, you want to have go have a nice quiet read. There may be, you know, some comfy seating spots for you mm-hmm. to do that. But then also there's just lots of activity. And when I explain to people how libraries have changed, I said somebody of, of, uh, Back in the day when I went to Clear Lake High School and I went into the library, you know, when I picked up a book, I would do most of my learning in a print format. Mm -hmm. And then the Internet came and we started learning through the Internet. And then video came and lots of students, you know, they learn through watching videos online now. And now the next generation of that is the makerspace. And so we're taking all of those things, print and digital and video and the actual materials and learning through doing in the library. So that's one of the biggest things. And then print, I think we'll still see prints. We have graphic novels, we have um, informational texts, we have reading for pleasure. So that's still there, but there's also so much more in libraries now. Absolutely. What are some activities, and you can even talk to this on your campus, um, that are happening now for students of all ages? Um, We have... Well, most of our school libraries have foundational programs that are very similar. So we obviously check out books. Mm-hmm. Um, we have open access to our students. Um, and most of the time, our library checkout limit is two to five books. And usually it's for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we also make sure all of our kids know how to access and use all of those amazing digital resources that we have. We want to make sure our students know how to get there and to do that. Um, we also all have wonderful reading incentive programs at all levels um, at Clear Lake City with our little ones. It's uh, our Texas Library Association reading list, like the two by two list and the blue bonnet list. But those activities go all the way up and there are wonderful book clubs. Um, We even have March Madness going on in the spring (laughs) at some of our libraries. So we do all that. Um, And like Susie said, Makerspace Palooza, yes. right? Um, this week in Clear Lake City, if you came to Makerspace, you would see us coding bee bots. So our students are coding robots that are shaped like little bees, um, okay. and they're enjoying that. But gosh, you could see almost anything depending right. on when you came. Um, really, the activities are so different and varying because the library really is the heart of all of our campuses. Right. So we'll see almost anything goes. And I know y'all recently did a presentation at the board meeting, uh, Ms. Farrell, and you had uh, Living Materials Center, which is our animals that are housed at Seabrook Intermediate. They sometimes come and visit. Um, and you also had music um, examples. Can you talk through some of those other really hands-on learning experiences? So those are some of my favorites when I go to the libraries, especially the music, because who would think that you would have right. digital drums in, in libraries? Like right. that, just, that doesn't seem to go together, but it yeah. perfectly does. We have um, lots of libraries that have music set up in them, and we purchase materials that you can play the drums, and it goes through the headphones, and the students can then take that information. I'm typing on the computer like I like I have it here, but they right. would take the information, and then they can create music in the program. And then they play it back. So there's lots of music creation going on. 
Um, there's always opportunities for robotics and coding mm -hmm. in, in our libraries because we do lots of tie-ins with robotics and codings. And Michelle was actually doing one today with um, that activity, but I've seen um, what that could look like. So for example, at Brookside, they do some tie-ins with curriculum where their robot becomes cattle mm -hmm. and they are learning about in seventh grade Texas history and they're moving their cattle around based upon the lesson. And so lots of tie-ins that are available for curriculum connections too. Awesome. And to touch on that curriculum connection, um, parents may have heard of classroom libraries and school libraries and um, and I've even as well was, you know, interested in the difference. Um, can you explain, maybe touch on the difference between a classroom library and a school library if parents may hear that term? Absolutely. So the purpose of our school library is to be a place where students can explore their passions and interests. So it includes books for anyone and everyone. And the classroom library is more focused on instructional learning, and it's meant to enhance the learning experience as it relates to the content of that class and also our TEKS, which is our Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills. So it's a more purposeful collection of materials in the um, classroom library. Perfect. So our libraries may have changed, but as you mentioned, students are still offered hard copy books. Uh, we have stacks and stacks of, of shelving of books still. Um, and so can you uh, touch on how the department decides on what to include in the physical libraries and then what's maybe offered uh, digitally? Okay. So Michelle briefly talked about that at the very beginning, that that's something that the campus librarians, that's part of their role. It's why we hire our certified librarians, because they're trained in the art of collection development. Mm -hmm. So what that means is they use a variety of tools to help them select materials for their campus. So they look at professional review sources. They attend professional learning and conferences. They consult with their colleagues. They look at specific data points. We just looked at some data the other day. Um, and they identify student interest. They see what's circulating. They talk to students mm -hmm. about what is it that you want to learn about and read about. So we take all those into consideration. And then the same process happens with our digital materials. And we have several ebook platforms at different levels that students can access through the portal. Several years ago, we moved all of our library resources into the portal so that no matter if you're school or if you're at home, you have that access point. You don't have to remember additional usernames and passwords, right. so they're available for families to get into at home. Um, one of those platforms is the Sora eBook app, and within the Sora eBook app, there is the Clear Creek ISD eBook collection, and then there's the Harris County Public Library eBook collection. And so at the back to school this year, during the registration process, parents selected if they would like access to that Harris County um, Public Library collection, and then um, the students can access it if the parents selected yes. So we have many options for students to choose materials that support their reading and information purposes. And y'all are always trying to find a way to find and utilize resources that interest your students. I mean, if you, there's always. nothing that you're going to turn away and say, we're going to you know, we don't have something, you know, y'all are finding ways if whether it's, you know, history or, or whatever they're learning about in school that they're really interested in, like robotics even. Absolutely. It's quite a dynamic process, right. um, which is part of what makes it so exciting. Um, I also am very purposeful in including my students mm -hmm. in that process. I have a wish box and the students can put books, I ideas that. that of books that they're wishing that we had. And that's how I include I their that. passions yeah. in what I buy. So that's so awesome. 
So you you mentioned the online resources for families to utilize at home, and I think we're going to do a demo on one of those. Uh, Can you talk through some of what CCIC offers and where they can find it? Absolutely. So we're going to, are we showing on screen? Yes. Yeah, we can show uh, your computer. Okay. So mine looks a little different than the Mm -hmm. student experience, but in every student's portal, there is a library resources folder. And then within that library resources folder, you're going to see a lot more than you would see each level, see once they're specific to their level. And we're going to focus on three today. We're going to focus on Tumble Books, which is an online ebook platform. We're going to focus on Lightbox, Lightbox Books. That was difficult to say on the right And they are also an ebook platform, but they're interactive, really cool. They have videos and all that good kind of stuff. And then we're going to talk briefly about Beanstack, which we talked about. Um, previously, but it's something that we're still people are learning about. So we wanted to review that and Beanstack is specific to our elementary students. So we're going to cover those today and we are going to start with Tumble Books. All right. Tumble Books is great for your elementary readers, really readers of all ages. Um, but once you get to Tumble Books via your portal, you're going to see lots of options on the top. There are storybooks that really are videos that read along. Um, there are read-alongs. Those are longer chapter books that are really audio books that you can follow the text. Um, ebooks, graphic novels, we love those, of course. And even some nonfiction, which surprises quite a lot of people with Tumble Books has a decent selection of nonfiction. Let's take a look at what it looks like to click on a Tumble Books book. All right, so you've got all sorts of options. If you click on the book or you can click read online, those are both gonna get you to the same place. You open it up and you can click start playing music, all sorts of exciting animation to go along with it. That is Tumble Books. So you could, it will go through automatically and then you can choose to scoot along by yourself. And it does have sound, which we don't have on right mm-hmm. now, just so that we uh, can follow along. So they're more interactive. Other. Yeah, yes. they are. And of yes. course, there's a, a way for you to search if you're looking for a specific title, you can do that. Um, but students are very familiar on my level with Tumble Books because there's a lot of great options for right. them there. Um, let's try Lightbox Books. So Lightbox Books and Lightbox Learning is amazing because these are not just electronic books. These are interactive books. So as soon as you open a book, you'll see the difference. Um, there are links inside the book to take you to additional web resources, to take you straight to a video that supports what you're reading about, to take you to maps. It's really interesting and very, again, interactive experience for the reader. Right. So we are in Lightbox Books and Susie's going to do a search for us, what are you searching for today? I'm going to do an astronaut search because okay. I really like the front page of it, and I hopefully spelled it right. I sure did. Well, so we have over 2,000 choices in Lightbox, <laughs> so let's see. The astronaut book came up, and if you click open, and if you're getting to watch this video at home, you'll see right away that this is a different kind of experience because right. it's moving. And if you click open Lightbox, you'll see even the table of contents is interactive. You can click around and go straight to certain pages with all sorts of different options. So our students love Lightbox books. I'd also like to add that we have a lot of these in print version in our libraries also. So we have it both ways, which right. is a great support to all if of our learners. If they want to bring it home mm-hmm. and show Absolutely. their parents. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Do you want to talk a little bit about beanstalk now? We can certainly talk about beanstalk if you oh, went beanstalk. Beanstalk. <laughs> what did I say? I, don't I said beanstalk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. And just to finish off where Michelle was saying, if you were to click on here, you would see perhaps a video and some of these. Each one has a different activity on each of the That's pages. That's so cool. So really a neat interactive experience um, that students can look at. And these websites can be accessed on a phone, on a tablet, yes. on a computer. Mm -hmm. So if you're you know, reading before bedtime, you can still have a very Absolutely. mobile um, option to read to your, your child at home. So, Absolutely. Um, and I, I do want to mention that everything we're showing on the screen will we'll link, if you're listening to the audio episode, we'll link it in the show notes so you can follow along and see the demo as well. And you can always contact your campus librarian yes. and they'll be happy to show you all these things. Yes, yes. All right, and then the last one that we're going to show today is the Beanstack, and Beanstack is a reading challenge. Students log in through the portal, and then their campus can choose to participate in a campus-initiated challenge or a district-level challenge. We did the summer reading mm -hmm. challenge over the summer, and we'll do one for the holiday seasons, yes. and then we'll do one again for next year with summer reading. So be ready for that. That'll be coming out for summer Right now we have a couple challenges. This is in our fifth grade um, portal choices right now for fifth grade students. So there's a couple different challenges. It's the first 100 days of school challenge, which this is actually more than 100 days. We knew that, but we wanted to give right. some leeway, you know, <laughs> some, some, some opportunities to catch up on reading um, throughout that. And then also the Texas Blue Bonnet Award. And so the challenges can work in t a couple different ways. It can either be a time-based challenge where you're asking for a certain number of minutes to be read during a certain period. We always encourage students to read daily. Mm -hmm. So 20 minutes, 10 minutes is the timer. You can set it up for however many minutes to read. Mm -hmm. Or you can also say, I'm going to read five of these Texas Blue Bonnet Award winners. And when I've read five, then I can um, click through the process. So I'm going to start with one of the challenges where you're choosing to read a certain number of books. So I'm here, this gives us a description, I'm going to join the challenge, and it says, woohoo, I am registered. And most <laughs> students should already be registered, but if they ever get that message, that's perfectly fine, they are registered. So when I go here to the Texas Blue Bonnet Award Challenge, I can click here and I can see that this is my overview, tells us a little bit about what we should be doing, and then the badges. So the system is very much based upon earning badges, mm -hmm. which kids love to earn badges. Yes. It gives them a, you know, a nice reward for yes. reading. And so these are all the books that are in the Texas um, Blue Bonnet Award list. And what will happen is when you click on one of these books, let's say I read this one here, and I click on this book, and it's going to tell us what to do. You're going to say, read, read this book, and then when you, oh, I didn't answer. See, it's going to even tell me by checking this book, you are um, saying that you read this book. I'm going to put, I read this book and enjoyed the main character. So just a quick response about what they thought about the book. And I'm going to click on it. And then I am going to, oh, I also got another question there that popped up for me. What is one thing you enjoyed would change or did not like about this book? And I'm going to say, I liked this book. I really liked the ending. And then we're going to save it. 
So it really makes them think about yes. what they just read. Exactly. Yeah. And so now when I go back to see my badges, I will see that my badge is now checked. And so when students are picking books that they are interested in reading, mm -hmm. they can read them and then go in and say that they have earned this badge. The way that the other challenge works is by reading minutes. So when you are on your screen, there's a log reading and activities button up the top left. And let's say in my home, I'm encouraging my child to read 20 minutes mm -hmm. each day. So I can start a reading timer and after 20 minutes has gone by, I can put, I'm done reading. And then it'll ask me to put the title in. You can also go back afterwards. Let's say that you are on a road trip at this mm -hmm. Saturday and you're listening to an audiobook together or you're reading along. You can go back in and add the title, the author, and if we finished or not, and the time spent reading, and then it will log those minutes for you. And then when you've reached a certain number of minutes, you'll get a badge for those activities. So depending on the challenge, it may be that you earn a badge mm -hmm. after... 20 minutes of reading, it could be that you earn a badge after 100 minutes of reading. So each challenge is set up differently. That's it's so it makes it so easy for families too at it home. And so does. and students are utilizing this at, in school as well. If there's a challenge that's campus wide, they can uh, participate then at school and at home. Correct. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. And if you have any questions about this, please reach out to your campus librarian. Mm -hmm. They will be more than willing to help you walk through this if you'd like to participate in any of the challenges Absolutely. as we it. go throughout the year. There's, there'll be different challenges about a, one a month. So sometimes they're overlapping like this 100 minutes one mm -hmm. lasts obviously till January. Right. But then there may be um, during National Pizza Month, there's a slice <laughs> of pizza challenge that will be taking place. So awesome. different challenges throughout the year. And again, everything that we're talking about can be found on the SSO portal under library resources. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so parents, uh, we're talking about books, so parents can also be involved in what students are checking out in the library. Um, we're going to show you also how to access this on the screen. And again, if you're listening to this episode, you can go back and watch uh, this demo in the show notes. All right. So I'm going to show you what it looks like um, on my Clear Lake City Elementary yes, yeah. portal, um, Destiny screen. So um, you can search on the catalog without logging in, but if you want to know um, what your student has checked out, when their books are due, those kinds of things, you have to log in. Um, you will log in or your student logs in with their credentials that they use everywhere. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to log in. Can I do that here? Yes, you sure Okay, can. I'm going to log in as our podcast. We created a student account for oh, podcasts perfect. so that we could show you, you what it looked like. End, yeah. All right. So when I'm teaching students how to how to do how to use Destiny, um, I point out that we get two important things out of our catalog. Mm -hmm. Is the book here, mm -hmm. in or out? Um, and where does the book live? Those are the, the key things we're looking for. Um, our Destiny also has information like these are the most popular books in my mm -hmm. library this week. 
changes every week. Um, and you can see they're pretty much all checked out. Right. Um, the newest books that I've added to the collection, so I have students who know to watch for when I have purchased new books they're watching for their when they hit the catalog so, so they, they can, can be there out. first. <laughs> and we've got a lot of shortcuts there for our readers too so that they don't have to, well, on the days when they're not sure what they want to read, mm -hmm. they can do a broad topic search and it helps them. They do a little window shopping. All right. And when you're ready to do a specific search, of course, you can go up to the search bar at the top, type exactly what you want in there, and it will show you those results. Um, when you were logged in, you can also put a book on hold by clicking the hold button on the bottom of each one of those squares. Or if you click on the three dots, you can also... Um, Oh, I've already held that book. Looky there and put that one on my <laughs> list. Sorry, let's pick another one. Um, you can add it to your favorites list. Students mm -hmm. can have a list of favorites, which um, I recommend using for either these are the books that I really want to read, right. sort of a want to read book list, or it could be the favorite books that you've already read. Right. Anyway, once you are logged in, as I am up here, and it says it'll say your student's name up at the top, um, if you click My Stuff, that's where you see all the things specific to your child. So if you want to see what they have checked out, you click my stuff and checkouts and you'll see what is checked out by your student and when it's due. So I think that's very helpful for families yes. at home. Yeah. Um, also under my stuff or on the screen itself, you can see if your student has put any books on hold. It'll also let you know when the hold is ready, if you'd like to know that. Um, here's the favorites list that I made for my podcast patron. And um, we don't charge fines at the elementary school, so there won't be any fines there. <laughs> but that's the kind of information that you would find um, for your student in Destiny. And that really is for all ages. I know we're looking at an elementary catalog here, right. but the same is true for students of all ages. For intermediate and high school. Absolutely. And Destiny is also located in the library resources. It is, okay. absolutely. And I... Again, coming at this from the elementary lens, um, right. I call it the Destiny Diamond because it looks like a diamond yes. and it is Astro's colors. So that helps <laughs> helps them find it. Helps to remember. <laughs> Thank you for that. So that's just a way that parents can also be involved in the materials um, that students are checking out at school. Mm -hmm. So what are the best ways parents can help support students at home when they are reading together? I know there's a bunch of interactive options that you just mentioned, but maybe what are some other ways parents can feel supportive of their students? Um, you know, I have to say all reading counts, mm -hmm. everything. Um, surrounding your child in a print-rich environment, um, modeling reading for them, that is all sort of a baseline that would be wonderful to develop our readers. Of course, choice is the single most motivating mm -hmm. thing when kids want to read, so allowing them some choice on what you read together uh, goes a long way. Um, but mostly be involved in your child's reading life, right? Um, read together, talk about what you've read, ask them questions, all of those kind of things. Research really has shown that if you read daily, it helps your student with so many things later on, like it increases their vocabulary, it increases their reading fluency, it helps build their comprehension mm -hmm. skills. So just a little bit every day makes such a big difference. So many benefits. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we also wanted to mention, make some suggestions on great questions you can ask while you're reading with your child. Um, I always start before we even open the book and we make predictions based mm -hmm. on what we see on the cover oh, and what you that. think might be in this book. Yeah. And it's kind of almost a game to figure out what you're going to see you later on and if your predictions were good or not. Um, I also like to talk about what sort of connections we make personally with the characters or the setting or the action that happens there. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to bring those messages home and make it more personal. But you can stop anywhere in a book 
and say, what do you think is going to happen next? Right. Why do you think that's going to happen? And that will that will always be a good connection. Um, you can talk about the characters in the book, why you think they are, they did what they did, and do you agree with them, and what would you do? I could go on and on. Um, anyway, <laughs> Those are great um, tips. Be involved with your kids' reading life in any way. It makes a huge yes. difference. And I know we're talking about reading, but we also, reading and literacy are very important to CCISD. We have a dedicated webpage. Um, you can visit ccisd.net slash literacy to learn more. We have tips, tricks, uh, videos, informational um, printouts that you can that you can use if you're on your journey with your student at home um, to learn more. Uh, is there anything else you think we missed that you'd like to add? We do know we don't have the date yet. What we're very excited about a reading event that we're going to do for elementary called Creek Reads. It's going to be for our K-5 elementary families and students. It's going to be sometime in May to kick off summer reading. And we're going to be celebrating just some really great books and activities associated with them. So we look forward to sharing more information with you as soon as we have some more details. To yeah, we'll, share. Send, we'll definitely be sending that out and maybe even have you both back on (laughs) to talk about it. We'd love to be here. Awesome. Well, thank y'all both so much. Um, I learned a lot and we hope parents also learned um, a little bit more about our libraries and um, different resources available both at school and at home. Um, So thank you again for being here. Uh, That's it for this episode. Uh, Like I mentioned, it will will be available for for playback and published as a new audio episode. Just search for Car Rider Line wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until uh, the next episode, we'll see you then. Bye.